Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Welcome into Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. I am your host, Mark Cox. Uh, as you learned last weekend, uh, now filling in here permanently for Tony Colombo. Welcome to the show. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And our friend Bo Matthews uh, taking a little time off this weekend. As you might have not heard him on the air the last three exactly, days. Exactly, but didn't hear that big booming voice. And I had no... Uh, no replacement for it, although we do have a drop we always play uh, of him at the uh, end of the show, we will, which we'll have to get to. We will get it. <laughs> so anyway, Bo's got the weekend off. I'm your anchor uh, for Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors, and we got a great show for you today. So we're going to get into what all is coming up here. I want to talk a little bit about that uh, decision by the district judge on the assault weapons ban out in California. Uh, before uh, before we uh, get done today, because this is this was important. This was groundbreaking. This is the kind of case that is going to end up in the Supreme Court. And if you're a supporter of the Second Amendment, which I'm assuming you are from listening to this program, you need to understand what's at stake here. You, and you need to understand how momentous it was, the judge's decision and the wording that he used. I've talked to a couple of uh, attorneys in the past week on my own show uh, who've, who've talked about the fact that this is what we needed. It was a 94-page decision striking down this 30-year-old crazy assault weapon ban in the state of California. And the boy, they are losing their collective minds out there. <laughs> it's over California. This. It's California. Thank you. It, 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 so the, so the uh, uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest out there in California, and then they're all losing their, their minds. So we're going to talk more about that coming up in just a couple of minutes. Carl, you uh, are lucky to be here, I understand. I am. Because you almost took out a deer. Is that well, right on the okay. highway? No, actually, yesterday, you might have seen Sue Thomas, who does... Uh, traffic on our stations and she tweeted out she was even off the day that this happened that there were two accidents and they had to stop traffic going westbound on highway 40 for 12 geese that were crossing because once the traffic stopped the geese crossed the road sure they do and then 
they didn't have anywhere to go. So the officers had to stop traffic to shoo these geese off of the road. But I have noticed, and I know it's not deer season's in the fall, but I have noticed that there are dead struck deer on Highway 40 going both ways. There, There is one going eastbound, uh, right around Brentwood, and there's one going westbound farther west. And I, we're going to talk to somebody from the Missouri Department of Conservation. There, there are a lot more deer in the St. Louis area than we know. Oh, there are, and and they're dangerous, and that's one reason why. Ever so often, because you know, I was in television news for twenty years here in St. Louis at Channel Four, and and ever so often the, these issues would flare up where you would Too go many and deer. cover a city council meeting, and the, you, you got the group that what are we going to do about the, the deer? They've had a car totaled mm-hmm. because they've run into a deer um, or or they've been injured or killed because they've run into a deer versus the people that say, oh, we need to do it humanely. You know, I'm not in the humanely group. Uh, I'll just be honest <laughs> Well, you're going to you. hit them with your car then. Right. So, so what are we going to do? Uh, d- drug them, d- transport them out to Franklin County somewhere and drop them off where somebody's going to shoot them next week. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 we just need to eliminate the problem and thin it down. Now, we are going to have not a eliminate in. the Not eliminate every single no, deer. No, no, that's, that's not, not that's what it's not about. What's, that's not what it's about. We're going to talk to somebody from the Missouri Department of Conservation coming up on the show today, and this is important. They They treat... Uh, wildlife management like the science that it is, right? They track populations, they determine when they limits for the year how many they need to have removed from the population so that the ones that are left are healthy, they got plenty of food, they don't risk disease, maybe they don't risk uh, having people's cars totaled because there are too many of whatever it happens to be. So I think that's important. We'll we'll talk to Dan uh, Zarlinga about that, who works here in the St. Louis region for the Missouri Department of Conservation. Among the issues we're going to talk about are bears. Uh, not lions and tigers and bears, but successful bear a, hunt. A bear hunt that is scheduled for the first time. Over six thousand people signed up to hunt a bear. I guess nice. everybody wants a bear rug, like in their living room. Yeah, in front of their fireplace, or just to say, I shot a bear. Could be. These are black bear we're talking about. Again, it it the, it, the typical crowd came out upset that we were dare would dare op- have open season on bears, but it's it's going to be a very controlled situation and we will let dan describe that for you coming up here and we'll talk a little bit about the deer too because you know i i've hit one before out near my house in in the wildwood chesterfield area on on um uh, strecker road out there uh, fortunately the deer survived and didn't do any real damage to my car but i'm lucky because they they total uh, vehicles out there all the time it happens um our friend uh, Phil Balsamo is going to join us as well coming up in just a few minutes. He is the training manager. I, I asked him, I said, "How would what title would you like me to use? <laughs> King of training? He said, for now, let's just stick with training manager. Well, you should call him Ranger. <laughs> yeah. he th- Nice. He runs the <laughs> training at the Range St. Louis West, which I'm familiar with because I've been out there a lot. I've taken a bunch of courses out there. Can't speak highly enough about it. We're going to talk a little bit about... 
what the popular classes are right now and what they're doing because of all these uh, newbies, for lack of a better term, who are going out and buying a gun for the first time. Well, they were bored in their house for 15 months, Mark. <laughs> that could be. <laughs> it could could be, but something's driving it. Mm. Uh, fear, uh, increases in crime. People are out and they're and they're. They're buying weapons, and Phil's going to talk to us about what's available, what you should be thinking about if you're going to take a course, and we'll get to all that for you coming up today right here on the Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. Now, uh, I didn't, I did mention this a bit earlier. Did you hear the statement from the federal judge when it came to this case in California? Here's what he said. He struck down their assault weapons ban because of their definition of it, right? Uh, this is an average case about average guns used in average ways for average purposes, is what his ruling said. Uh, one is to be forgiven if one is persuaded by the news media and others that the nation is awash in the murderous AR-15 assault rifle. The facts do not support this hyperbole. The facts matter in california murder by knife occurs seven times more often than murder by rifle that that's a mic dropping moment by this federal judge now it's going to be appealed but hopefully it makes it all the way to the united states supreme court could be the next big gun case since heller we're looking forward to it hey stick around i'm mark cox he's carl middleman You're listening to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This segment of Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors is brought to you by Chuck's Boots, Fenton, St. Peter's, and Chuck'sBoots.com. Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Mark Cox uh, in here today. My uh, partner in crime, Bo Matthews, uh, taking a little time off this weekend, but he will be back with us uh, next week. And, of course, Carl's in here uh, running uh, this operation. Thank you, Carl. We appreciate that. Hey, as promised, uh, our guest right now from the Range St. Louis West out in Baldwin, we've got Phil Balsamo joining us this morning. He is the uh, training manager out at the Range. And that is a big, big job. Phil, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, sir. How are you? I'm doing fine. You know, I just got done every morning. I watch Morning Coffee with Phil live <laughs> on Facebook uh, Monday through Friday because you know what? Th- th- you do such a great job of that. I just have to tell you to inform people what you got, what's what's new in inventory, if there's any ammunition to be had. I mean, I think it's great. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, so you guys are doing a great job out there. I, I talked to uh, 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 Ron McCain just the other day about trying to keep up with demand. And, you know, I think 
the, the, the lesson here is that a lot of demand is being driven, Phil, correct me if I'm wrong, by new gun owners, people who've gone out and purchased for the very first time either a handgun or a long gun because they feel like they need to maybe take control over their security. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of those people need training, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we've seen a, a large increase in, in brand new gun owners. And, and always the fear for me as a trainer is that those people are just going to uh, buy a firearm and think, okay, whew, now I'm safe and, and not seek training. And thankfully, we've seen a, a, a large increase in our newer shooter training classes um, and, and a large uh, participation in those classes. So it's been good. Yeah, I think there's an assumption on the part of those of us who've been around guns our entire life um, that, you know, some of that's just going to come naturally. But, you know, from the time I was five years old and, and you know, I was, at, I was around uh, farms and all that where guns were propped up at the back door, you were taught lessons very early about which is the good end of the gun, which one you never pointed any. You're taught all those things, and they're almost second nature. But for somebody who's brand new to it, it can be intimidating. Absolutely. I, I, I joke with with my students a lot that I have the the benefit of teaching a lot of people that are way smarter than me, right? <laughs> and and who become not so intelligent when we put this little tool in their hands, they, they become uh, uh, a fumbling um, newbie. Yes. And and it's it's eye opening for them. Um, it's a great experience and a great way to to learn how to do it. It's a seek professional professional help for sure. <laughs> are there uh, are there? We're talking to Phil Balsamo from the the Range St. Louis West. He's the training manager out there. They've got just every every training class you could imagine, including the the classes for the beginners. Now, is that just what are those, Phil? Maybe you can describe a few of them to us, like beginning handgun. Is that it? Sure. Yeah, we have a, a basic handgun class where we, we talk about the differences between semi-automatics and revolvers, and then we get into basics of uh, fundamentals of shooting, you know, proper grip and stance and how to see your sights and all that sort of thing. And it's a very slow-paced um um, we try very hard to to not overwhelm with information, and we just want everybody to to be safe um, and learn and feel feel open to ask questions and all that kind of stuff. And it's uh, definitely a lot of these newer folks who are nervous about even coming in our door. Yeah, um, are are taking these classes and enjoying them. Well, I, I you know. First of all, I'm not surprised. Second of all, when you talk about the fact that you're introducing people for the very first time to the difference between a revolver and a semi-automatic, I'm listening to Senate testimony the other day from the guy that wants to be the director of the (laughs) ATF. He would be well served to take one of your classes. Uh, without a doubt, <laughs> without a doubt. Yeah, David David Chipman is that guy's name. Used to be in the ATF, and when asked when asked to describe what an assault weapon is, he had no idea except that he didn't like them and and they're scary. Yes, and that's 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 not a very descriptive. Uh, <laughs> What is your recommendation? I mean, I'm sure that we've got all kinds of people who listen to this show. A lot of them are grizzled veterans, I'm sure, of the shooting sports. But what is the most common question you get from people if they're coming in, uh, they they, want to buy a weapon for the first time? You guys do such a great job educating people out there about which caliber might be best for them, what the difference is maybe between the guns you might recommend for people with, with different size hands and different size frames, maybe male, female, I don't know. Is there a difference there? 
Um, I, I probably the, the number one question we get is I want a gun for home defense. What is it? Um, and, and unfortunately, more often than not, we have somebody that comes in and says, hey, my uncle told me that I need this for home defense. And it, it doesn't necessarily fit to that person. Um, and we actually have a class where we go through each of the major firearms, rifle, pistol, shotgun, and talk about advantages and advantages of each to allow you to make a a better, more well-informed decision on what firearm would work best for you. And then from there, you can narrow it down. Once you know that, hey, a pistol is right for me, do I want a subcompact, a full-size, a micro, what what works best? Um, And it's just, it's, it's really about education, and and informed decisions rather than gut decisions. Yeah. Well, good for you because you know it can be intimidating. It can. Absolutely. Like when I when I go to my mechanic and uh, he's telling me uh, about the job that he just did on my car and I'm nodding and acting like I know what the hell he's talking about. Uh, you know, it, <laughs> it's sure. it's kind of intimidating when you're suddenly handed the tool and you're expected to uh, feel like you know something about it. So I'm glad to hear that you guys spend a lot of time that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's good. So the the next logical step there for some people might be one-on-one training. You guys do all of that at the range too, right? Correct. Yeah, we do a, a, actually a fair amount of private lessons. Some people prefer to, to learn in that one-on-one environment. Some people prefer to learn in groups. There's benefits to both. You know, in, in groups, you have the benefit of watching what other people both do well and how they make mistakes, and you can learn from their mistakes and from what they're doing well. And then in the private one-on-one, obviously, you've got the direct attention of the trainer, which is a, a, a benefit as well. Yeah, so It just uh, depends on your own learning styles. Well, you know, I've been out there uh, quite a few times, and, of course, uh, love the fact that you folks at the range are sponsors of my show uh, Monday through Friday in the mornings here on 971 FM Talk. And... and you know, I've been to the guys with guns. I know you have girls uh, just want to have guns uh, where people can come out and they can sample different kinds of weapons. Like, I think I shot a Desert Eagle for the first time when I was out. I never shot one before. And, yeah. I, and I was able to even shoot a, a fully automatic uh, a 9 millimeter. Yep. Yeah, and we, we, we try. Those are those events are, are geared to be fun and informative. Um, again, taking kind of the mystique out of of walking into a gun store and, and shooting a gun for the first time in a in a fun, uh, low pressure, welcoming environment. You know, now I want to focus for a minute, Phil, uh, sure. on concealed carry. Absolutely. I've taken your basic concealed carry course. I've taken your advanced concealed carry course. And, you know, I know there are people out there who like to say, well, we we can anybody can conceal carry these days. You don't have to go get training for it. And I, I advise people all the time. You, you don't know what you don't know. And I was so impressed with the additional knowledge I walked away from that, you know, it's one thing to carry a gun. You pray you never have to use it. But if you do, you have to think through those scenarios. That's what I got out of that advanced conceal carry course. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it is definitely something that people often overlook, um, that, Hey, I, if I, if I carry a gun on my hip now, I'm safe. Um, that, and that's just, just simply not the case. There's lots that goes into it. Lots of responsibilities, um, that you have to, um, apply to yourself and, and, um, lots of situations you have to think about. And it's, it's not just so easy as throwing a gun on your hip. There's lots of legal issues you could get into and just personal issues. If you have to use a firearm in self-defense, that's, that's tough on anybody. 
um, on a partial level. Yeah, uh, very true. And and people, they just it's not something that you think uh, through. But I, I hope that people will take advantage of that uh, at the range or or maybe wherever they end up going uh, when they purchase that that first gun. You know, b- b- back to what you guys do there at the range, and and you know something I've I've appreciated is the education side of it. And downstairs at your indoor range, people can rent whatever you could buy upstairs for the most part. Correct. Correct. Yeah, we've got we've got somewhere in the neighborhood of of ninety something firearms downstairs uh, for rent. So you can try all sorts of different stuff out, from the little subcompact carry pistols to full size, you know, oversized Desert Eagle fifty cal, um, you know, and, and everything in between, so that you can um, not just look, touch, feel upstairs, but you can actually go down and shoot it and figure out. That's really the best way to figure out if the gun works well for you is to shoot it and see how that feels in your hand when the gun goes bang. Yeah, that's very true. (laughs) Phil Balsamo, my guest, he's the training manager for the Range St. Louis West uh, out in in Baldwin there across from Velasquez Park just off of Manchester Road. I hope people will uh, go out there and and check him out. Phil, just quickly, and I know this is kind of off the subject of what you and I were going to talk about, demand has been so high it seems like every month i've talked to ron and john out there about this before you've set new records with background checks it seems like uh, uh, around the nation what's what's it been like trying to keep up with inventory not only for the firearms and accessories but for ammunition oh it has been tough for sure and and uh um, thankfully, we have people like John and Ron who have done an extremely good job at, at working with our suppliers and vendors to, to try to keep products on our shelves because it is not easy. Uh, we're in a very fortunate position to actually have some inventory in here where there's a lot of shops our size that just simply do not. Um, and, and I think that's, that's, that's a huge testament to, to John and Ron and, and all the work they put into um, trying to provide a good service and good products for the the people of the St. Louis area. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's well said. Uh, you know, b- back to the subject of uh, self defense and home defense. Sure. I know people. I've had this conversation recently, Phil, with uh, with a friend who the the husband, the wife had different points of view on on weapons um, mm-hmm. uh, in the house. She right, Mark. It doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> well, matter. I'm just saying they had. They, I, I think that's normal in some relationships. But sure. eventually reached the agreement that they needed to have something in the house for self defense. When you're advising somebody on something like that, what's your thought process? Is it a, is it a is it a pump shotgun? Is it a is it a handgun? Does it depend on whether you live in a house or a condo? Where, where do you go with that? Yeah, there's there's all sorts of variables there. Um, it, your your the domicile you live in, whether you have shared walls or not, definitely plays a part. If if multiple people have the potential of using a firearm for self defense, if your budget allows for one firearm, typically a shotgun's not going to work because and and as a point of reference, uh, in one of our basic shotgun classes recently, we had a husband and wife in there, very similar type situation. Um, they bought one gun for home defense. The husband was like six six. The wife was like five two. Um, the shotgun that fit the husband did not fit the wife. So that's not always the the best option. Um, Usually in cases like that, handguns are going to be better served. Um, Shotguns are great home defense tools, but they they have their, their limitations as well. So, and that's, that's kind of what we go through with our, our firearms for home defense classes. We give you basically a worksheet to figure out the pros and cons of all these different types of tools 
to see what bets best fits in your home. See, I told you the range they got. They got a class for just about everything. I, I, it's fantastic. I mean, you know, situational awareness. Your kid's going away to college. You want them to to, to know a little bit more about safety. I mean, it's all right there. TheRangeSTL.com is the website. Fourteen eight zero three Manchester Road, out in Baldwin. Uh, Phil, appreciate having you on, my friend. And I will keep Thanks, watching Martin. Morning Coffee uh, every day that I can on Facebook. Well, I greatly appreciate that. You bet. Good talking to you, Phil. Thank you. All right, Mark, you have a great day. You bet. Phil Balsamo, training manager out at uh, the range. Good stuff there, man. Red meat. I love it. I love it. We're going to be back with more Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baby, let me be Love the theme music there, Carl. <laughs> My pleasure. Second Amendment Radio, the great outdoors show here. Mark Cox in with you today. Uh, Bo Matthews, uh, my partner in crime, will be back next weekend. He will for the be back show. next yes, week. He will. That's great. Fear not. This segment of Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors is brought to you by Chuck's Boots. Fenton, St. Peter's, and Chuck'sBoots.com. Well, just so you heard the uh, teddy bear song there by Elvis, uh, Elvis has left the building, but for the very first time in Missouri, they're opening, well, not the first time, but for the first time, I guess the first ever bear hunt is going to take place in Missouri uh, again, and a lot of people have signed up. Uh, we wanted to find out more about that because, you know, the, 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 uh, the news media has been covering it in one way, um, but I'm fascinated by it. I, th- I think it's fantastic. Let's get our guest on right now. Dan Zarlinga is with us. He's a media specialist uh, in the St. Louis region here with the Missouri Department of Conservation. Dan, how are you? I'm doing good at all. Yeah, good. Good to get you on here. Uh, Great, Rob. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, did you like that bump music we had there, a little teddy bear? Yeah, well, yeah. It's, that's perfect, actually, <laughs> considering what we're talking about. You know, I know this This took a while to happen. The department studied this for a long time, I'm assuming, before determining that it was time to open this up for a bear hunt. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, all of our all of our hunting regulations and all that are based on science. So they're based, you know, we uh, we do everything based on the actual on the ground science. And we did the same thing with the bear uh, situation. So, you know, we, 
we've uh, had a population of bears in the state for quite a while, um, and we've they've grown a lot in the last few decades as bears have moved in from the uh, from Arkansas. There was a big introduction effort in Arkansas back in the 1950s and 60s, and those bears have expanded into Missouri over the decades, and our population has grown quite a bit. So now we estimate we have somewhere in the neighborhood of 800 or so bears in the state. So you know, of course, we held off for any kind of hunting or anything to give the time for the bear population to establish. And again, we're basing on science. We've done extensive research on our bear population to try to get a handle on what that is. And once we determine we cross a certain threshold of the 800 bear range and the fact that we are also experiencing reproduction in our bear population of about 9% per year. So that's a pretty healthy reproduction. And so we uh, determined that it was time for a very limited and highly regulated bear hunt. So we could dip our toes in the water for bear hunting, uh, give that opportunity to Missourians, but still keep a good, uh, robust bear population. It's yeah. always about a balance. Sure it is. Dan Zarlinga, my guest from the Missouri Department of Conservation, joining us here on the Second Amendment Radio in the great outdoors. Glad that uh, you could be with us today. Let's talk about this. So I understand over 6,300 people applied for what will be, what, 400 permits? That's correct. There'll be 400 permits. So apparently this was pretty popular. Yeah, <laughs> and, well, no bears, kidding. Bears in general are extremely popular, whether we're talking about hunting or watching them or, or finding out where they're going to be turn up next in St. Louis County. They're definitely uh, extremely popular. Um, but yes, we had a very enthusiastic response to our uh, bear hunt um, lottery that we had that was uh, that opened during the month of May, so that is now closed. But we have uh, 400 permits that we will award total, and those will be announced uh, on uh, or before July 1st. Yeah. So, so how does that work? You're only going to allow people to harvest 40 total bears in the state, but there are 400 permits. <clears throat> how does that work? Yeah, so obviously everyone's going to get a bear. That's pretty no. easy math there. <laughs> um, you know, and, and as I stated, this is a this is our fir- our first for- foray into bear hunting here in the state. I mean, this is actually very historic, and so we're trying to we're getting started. You know, very conservatively here because we do want to protect our bear population. So that's kind of our key thing there. So we, um, as you mentioned, we have forty bears total that for the whole state. Um, and there are basically, we have what we call three different bear management zones. There's zone one, two, and three, uh, creatively named. And um, they uh, are in the southern part of the state. It just so happens that the St. Louis area is in uh, bear management zone number two. But, you know, so depending on the population of the bears in the area, that's what our quota is. So um, the highest population of bears is in zone one, which is in kind of the uh, southwest portion of the state, and that uh, is 20 bears for that particular zone. And then zone two, which is what the St. Louis area is included in, which is more the sort of the southeast portion of the state, that's zone two, and that quota is um, 150 bears harvested. And then we have our our final zone, which is kind of the uh, more the western part of the state, the lower western part of the state, and that's 50 bears for that one. And that so the total ends up being uh, 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 40 bears there. 
Okay. What if you see one running around in Kirkwood? Uh, what if you see... Oh, I, I need to backtrack. I, think I, I might have said 150 bears. I meant to say 15. Okay. All right. Two. All right. I was so, going to say the math wasn't doing the math yeah. there. I, I was uh, zoned out there. I apologize for that. So it's let me just go back real quick. It's 20 bears for zone one, 15 bears for zone two, and uh, five bears for zone three for the total there. So, so okay. Uh, um, just... Just so I'm clear here, then, the the season is October 18th to the 27th. So at the moment you've hit that limit, they're just shutting it down? Is that how it's going to work? That's correct. So here's the way it will work is those who have the permits will need to call in each morning. There's a toll-free number they can call to see if the the season is still active. I see. But once we once we reach those that quota, the season will be shut down. So. Okay. All right. To make sure we adhere to that uh, that forty bear quota. Yeah, the, the, you know, I mean, I, here's the thing: I've got friends that have traveled to other states to go on uh, hunting uh, expeditions and outings to try to get exotic game, whether it's a you know a, an elk or a bear. Those those are a lottery type situation as well. So I'm not really mm-hmm. surprised that is sixty three hundred a lot more than you expected. You know, I don't know what we were expecting. We we thought it would be popular, but I personally am surprised that we had that many. Um, I you know I don't know what we were expecting or if we had any kind of gauge on what kind of response we were going to get. But uh, I would say that's pretty enthusiastic, yeah. and especially yeah. for our very first you know our very first try at it. So it's you know we're kind of excited. We're excited all the way around that we have this opportunity for Missourians and we have bears. So uh, you know it's kind of a neat uh, a neat thing all the yeah. way around. The, the and the state in, made money. Yeah. The, and the, the uh, no, go ahead. You want to answer that? Yeah. Sure, a little bit, but actually uh, the um, the st- rates are quite reasonable. I mean, it was a ten dollar application fee for those who apply for the hunt, and then the 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 uh, uh, tags themselves are twenty five bucks. So it's not bad. Not quite going to get no. rich off that, but you know, <laughs> it's you know, it's it's. A, I think it's pretty reasonable considering what, as you mentioned, what some other states are charging for hunting big game. No, it's re- it's really reasonable, assuming you know you get one of the one of the tags. I mean, I think that's great. It's 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 it's. Um just barely more expensive than a deer tag, did right? Did you say barely? Barely. I did yes, say yeah. <laughs> No pun intended. I mean, it's more. It's probably you pay that much for uh, dinner out somewhere, yeah. you know. Yeah. So. yeah, that's good. So I'm sure that this didn't come without some criticism. But, you know, the Missouri Department of Conservation, I think, goes really above and beyond in, in, in managing these populations, whatever the game is. And, um, you know, any... It, what did, how did you guys deal with that negative feedback? Because I know it made a lot of headlines when this was first announced. And sure, there's going to be some folks who are uncomfortable with the idea of hunting bears, and I, you know I understand that. But I think um, you know we love bears; we'd love to see them. Uh, I think one of the th- key things, though, is going back to what we talked about science. Yeah. Um, we didn't do this thing, you know, halfway. We we're making sure, we're, like, there's only forty. But it's a very small quota of bears, and. Um, you know, and we we're determining that they're reproducing at about nine percent per year. So, so you yeah. know, we determined that this very limited hunting would still uh, give Missourians who wanted to hunt the chance to do that, but still preserve our bear population. So again, it's about balance and the way we manage any species, whether deer or whatever. It's it's through hunting. That's how we are able to have that check and balance because um, you know we don't have a lot of the natural predators in our state that we used to have in decades past and years past. So 
we are the only means that we can help kind of control the the numbers of these animals and it will that's the tool we will employ for as the bear population grows as well but we do every year we reevaluate our regulations and so we can respond to changes if there were some you know concern the bear population we'd certainly adjust those numbers yeah. downward well, um, and vice versa if they grow expand even more we can adjust those numbers upward so you know it, we're definitely based on again the science and what we have to have a sustainable population because that's ex- just as important as hunting as having that sustainable population i have i have seen a bear in in nature one time and it was a long time ago, they generally avoid populated areas, which should be the clearest indication to everyone that this season is necessary because we've had a number of bear sightings in the highly populated St. Louis region. I mean, that should be the best indication. For many years, you never heard of that. And now we've had one out in Baldwin. I remember that, sightings out there. We've had the one more recently in Richmond Heights. It's becoming more and more common. It is. And this yeah. season, especially so for some reason, um, we've had, of course, that high-profile one that was, you know, in uh, in Brentwood and Richmond Heights and made the rounds through that area. Um, and uh, we've had a lot of sightings in places like St. Charles County, um, Jefferson County, Crawford County. We've been getting reports all over the place of, you know, bears that that really aren't that far from St. Louis County, really. And they're all within our St. Louis region. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's, I mean, that's sort of an empirical thing, but we are seeing a lot more sightings, and they're being showing up in places you wouldn't have expected them before. And I'm going to suspect that within the next few years, bear sightings in St. Louis County will no longer make the news yeah. uh, because it will be that common. Yeah. So. Um, and it's only going to get more with time as our population expands. It's expanding in terms of numbers, as I mentioned, nine percent per year. But it's also expanding in range farther north. And it turns out that we are kind of in the St. Louis area in a corridor where they like to travel. Seem to like to travel from the south. So uh, I think we can probably look forward to more bear bear sightings as time goes by for certain. You bet. Dan Zarlinga, my guest, media specialist here with the Missouri Department of Conservation. Their website is mdc.mo.gov if you want to go there. I have to tell you, I downloaded that Missouri hunting app to my phone a couple of years ago. And boy, that is, if, if people, if you haven't done that, that is handy. Keeps keeps track of your conservation number on there. You can, you can buy your hunting permits and your fishing license right on there. It keeps a copy of them in your phone, which is with most people all the time. I think that's one of the greatest leaps of technology you guys have made. Oh, absolutely. You can use it to telecheck your, your game. Uh, you can use it as your permit. So if you're contacted by a conservation agent in the field, you can show them the, the permit on your phone, uh, and that will be just as good as a paper permit. Um, so, yeah, it's great. It's a great resource. we got a great fishing app, too, by the way, so yeah. it's got a lot of great features, too. That's great. Uh, you know, Dan, b- b- moving off the subject of bears for just a minute, uh, what is the white-tailed deer situation in the state now? I, I mean, w- the, was the harvest up this past year? Um, how, how's that going? We we still see them all over the place in West County. I mean, you've got to watch out. There are uh, two of them highway. Them. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, we, do, we have a very, very excellent and healthy deer population. So that's, uh, that's one thing we don't have to worry about here in, in the immediate future. So, no, we have a very good deer population, very good deer hunting in the state. Our biggest concern, though, is chronic wasting disease, and that is something that we do need to keep an eye out for. And uh, as uh, folks may realize, hunters may realize, or maybe other folks too, 
is that we have in the last several years been instituting a, uh, a surveillance program where uh, we are uh, asking hunters to bring their deer uh, who are that are harvested within our CWD management zones uh, into uh, a check station sort of situation on opening weekend to have uh, have the deer checked for chronic wasting disease. And I hope I'm not jumping the gun here. Are you folks from, familiar with chronic wasting disease, and is, or is that, do you think uh, we should we, talk about we, that? No, we, we should. I we mean, are, but not necessarily it, everyone is. I know it's in certain counties where you have to go and get that checked, correct? Sure, sure. So chronic wasting disease, it's a neurological disease that occur in cervid animals, you know, of that family of animals, including deer and elk. And we're lucky for a long time it wasn't in our state. Uh, but unfortunately, it did show up here about 10 years ago, and um, it has spread a little bit throughout our state. Um, it's not like a critical level at this point, but it is something we need to watch out for. It's, it's, a, it's a, a neurological disease that will eventually kill a deer if it has it. And uh, while there is no um, evidence that it can be transferred to humans, uh, the uh, Centers for Disease Control recommends not eating any meat from a CWD positive deer, so we go right. along with that recommendation. But yeah, it is uh, unfortunately it's been in it's been found in Franklin County here in in the, near kind of close to St. Louis. So we are in one of their emission zones. So uh, last year we relaxed those uh, measures a little bit, where you had to bring your deer in on opening weekend. We relaxed that uh, because of COVID, so we had it more of a voluntary basis. But we are going back to the mandatory uh, come this November. Well, good to know, and there's always a great resource there at mdc.mo.gov. And listen, Dan, thanks for giving us time today on the Second Amendment Radio and Great Outdoors show. We appreciate it. Sure, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. Like you say, go to our website, mdc.mo.gov, for a lot of great information. We will do it. Uh, thank you, Dan. Dan Zarlinga there uh, joining us. Hey, good good stuff. And I'm telling you, man, I love easy, Carl Middleman. Can I just tell you that? <laughs> you can. That app is fantastic. And they have a fishing one, too. I'm ha- I didn't know about that one. And you can set it for recurring, so each year it renews your, your fishing so you license to, that's automatically. That's because you're I like, oh, I, th- I think I got another, and then you have yeah. to go and yeah. you have to find it. Oh, I love the fact that it's on the app, that your permit, you just, when the guy comes over in the boat, you guys good? Yep. Show him the phone. Makes it, makes uh, life a lot easier, that's for sure. Uh, as we hope what we do for you, listening to The Great Outdoors, trying to give you some great information here about what's going on in hunting and fishing and firearms and all of that. That's why we do Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors here on 971 FM Talk and Camo X Radio. My friend Bo Matthews will be back with us next week until then i'm mark cox along with carl middleman pew 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 see you boys talk.com We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 